your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 371 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. Check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got a lot to do. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the speculation that maybe Rod Brindamore could be in play to become the next head coach of the New York Rangers. We've, during this offseason, been talking about basically everybody who could be in the running to be the next Ranger coach. Everyone from favorites like Gerard Gallant and Bob Hartley to long shots like, you know, Mark Messier, Chris Knobloch, whoever it might be. So I think it's only fair that we also uh, talk a little bit about Rod Brindamore. There's a little bit of speculation that he could have interest in the job, especially seeing as how the Carolina Hurricanes saw their season come to an end last night in five games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, We're also going to discuss why I think the Rangers are the most desirable landing destination for any head coaching candidate uh, who's currently out there looking for a position as a head coach in the NHL. Obviously, this is the Locked on New York Rangers podcast. There could be a little bit of bias in there, but we will talk about that just a bit. And we're also going to discuss uh, Ranger prospect Braden Schneider. Obviously, they took him in the first round this past season in the draft, and he was named the Defenseman of the Year in the WHL, just had a fantastic season for the Brandon Wheat King, so we're going to talk about that. And we'll also discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit at the end of the episode, uh, two just absolutely fantastic games last night. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch both of them pretty much in their entirety. So uh, yeah, a lot to do today, but let's just dive right into it with the uh, Rod Brindamore speculation. So again, we, we've talked about everybody who could be a candidate to become the next head coach of the New York Rangers. I'm just not all that convinced with Rod Brindamore that he's going to end up leaving the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, he's done a fantastic job there. They've been a franchise that pre-Rod Brindamore were basically down in the dumps, basically hopeless and directionless, missed the playoffs for about a decade straight there. And the funny thing is they never really seemed to truly bottom out. Like, I can't remember a season where the Hurricanes were one of the worst two or three or four teams in the league. They just were always not good. You know, they were never bad enough to land a high draft pick, but they were never good enough to really be a serious playoff contender. Uh, But Rod Brendamore has gone in there. Uh, He's basically kicked butt and taken names and, uh, you know, turned that franchise around. They've been a very strong team over the last three seasons under Rod Brendamore's direction. But let's sort of take it from the top here. I want to start with Rod Brendamore's playing days. And it's funny because With most of these head coaching candidates, whether they're interested in the Ranger job or they're just coaches around the league, I'm not quite old enough yet to uh, remember them as players. But with Rod Brendamore, I distinctly remember him as a player. He's only 50 years old, so, you know, he hasn't even really been retired for all that long as a player. But I remember him playing mostly with the Flyers and with the Hurricanes. But he actually began his playing career with three seasons with the St. Louis Blues and then spent nine seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers, or eight and a half technically because he was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes, spent 10 seasons with the Carolina Hurricanes, or again, technically, I guess it's nine and a half seasons. But his crowning achievement as a player undoubtedly came in 2005-2006. He captained the Carolina Hurricanes to the Stanley Cup Championship. Uh, That was actually his first season as captain of the Carolina Hurricanes as far as his career stats as a player. 
He skated in 1,484 games, scored 452 goals, dished out 732 assists. So 1,184 points in 1,484 career games, skated in an additional 159 playoff games, came up with 51 goals and 60 assists in those games, so 111 points in 159 Stanley Cup playoff games. But on top of all that, just a tough, gritty player, a very valuable uh, two-way center. And obviously, the grit and toughness, it doesn't really show up in the stats, at least not as much as scoring does. But I also think that, you know, you look at his transition from a player to a coach, it seems pretty obvious to me that this Carolina Hurricanes team that he's been the head coach of over these last three years, they've kind of taken on a bit of his personality. Not even a bit, a lot of his personality. It's a big, tough, physical team. It seems to be a team that overachieves. Uh, they do have some very skilled players. You look at guys like Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, uh, Eric Stahl, still a very good player. Tevu Teravainen, very good player. But with the Canes, I don't know that it's really a superstar-driven team. It's not uh, highlighted up and down the lineup with guys that are known for their offensive fireworks. It's just a big, tough physical hockey team, a team that just finds a way to get the job done. And an overachieving team over these past three years, I would say. You know, we did um, quite a few crossover episodes with the guys from Locked On Carolina Hurricanes, and they do a fantastic job with their show too. But I admitted to them straight up, you know, when, when we were going into the Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes last season in the qualifying round, the Canes the previous year had made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I admitted to those guys that I didn't really get it. Like, I didn't really see them as, like, this elite team. I was surprised when they made it as far as they did, and even in this year, you know, they're one of the last eight teams standing in the league. I don't look at that as, like, this ridiculously talented team, but I think that is kind of a feather in the cap of Rod Brindamore because, obviously, it means that he's taking— and they are a good team. I, like, don't—don't— don't, I'm not taking anything away from them. They do have some talented players on their team, but I do think that, overall, they've been an overachieving team, and the fact that they've made it as far as they have over these last couple of seasons here, I think that's a testament to the work that Rod Brindamore has done there. Uh, Brindamore is now 50 years old. He has spent 206 games as the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, has a career record of 120 wins, only 66 losses, and 20 overtime losses. So even if you combine the regulation losses with the overtime losses, which is what we've been doing uh, going through these head coaching candidates here, he's got 120 total wins against 86 total losses. And again, uh, that's a fantastic record. And he took over a team that was just moribund. They didn't have any hope, any direction, and it's just been a complete 180 under Rod Brindamore. They have made the playoffs in all three of his seasons there. In the first year, as we just alluded to a second ago, they lost to the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals, but that was their first playoff appearance in a decade. Last year, they once again lost to the Bruins in the first round, which was technically the second round or sort of the second round because the qualifying round was between the Canes and the Rangers. And then, of course, the Canes won that series and lost in the round of 16 to the Boston Bruins. And then, of course, just last night, they lose in the second round uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games. But I don't think there's really any shame there. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the defending Stanley Cup champions and are obviously just completely loaded. And I think that's a series that overall was quite a bit closer and more competitive than the 4-1 to series score would indicate. The Canes were in just about every game. I think they were in every game in that series. As far as would I be interested overall in Rod Brindamore, I would. I think he's just one of those natural-born leaders. We saw that when he was a player, captaining the Canes in his first year wearing the C, bringing them to the Stanley Cup Championship that year, and we've seen it as a coach. Once again, Hurricanes, they were down in the dumps, and he immediately just complete 180, molded them into a winner, seems to be getting the most out of just about every single player on the roster, and like many of you, I do think this Ranger team could stand to get a little bit tougher, a little bit grittier. I mean, you could probably say that for a lot of the teams around the NHL. I mean, what team couldn't 
stand to improve in that facet of the game. But I just feel like Rod Brindamore, as head coach of the Rangers, would naturally shift them in that direction, both by getting the current players to be a little bit more physical and also by presumably working in lockstep with Chris Drury and letting him know that the type of players that he's looking for, the type of team that he needs. Uh, he doesn't strike me as somebody who would be shy about doing that. So, yeah, I mean, if Rod Brendamore is going to be available, again, I remain very skeptical that that's going to happen. He seems very happy in Carolina. I'm sure Carolina would be very interested in keeping him, given, again, the complete turnaround that he has orchestrated in just three seasons there. Uh, the only thing that kind of works against him for me is I wasn't a big fan, and I talked about this on the podcast when it was happening, but during the return to play initiative last year, it seemed like Rod Brindamore did a lot of complaining, and the Hurricanes were one of only two teams that voted against the return to play initiative, and if you guys remember, he came up with this just crazy idea. He didn't like the fact that the Rangers and Canes were going to be playing each other, and you know the Canes had a much better regular season record. The Canes were the sixth seed. The Rangers were the 11th seed. And Brindamore came up with this, what I thought was a pretty wild idea of in the qualifying round, which as we all know was going to be best of five. He wanted the Canes to basically get to start the series with a one-to-nothing series lead. He actually suggested that the only way that the Rangers should be allowed to advance past the Hurricanes was by beating them in three out of four games. So in other words, again, that the Canes would basically start with a one-to-nothing series lead in the best of five. The Hurricanes, to advance past the Rangers, would only have to beat them twice. So the, the Rangers, to ultimately advance past the Hurricanes, would have to get three wins against the Canes, while the Canes would only need two wins against the Rangers to advance past the Rangers, which is just ridiculous. I mean, that's something that, you know, I don't know, maybe Rob Manford would come up with something, some kind of nonsense like that in baseball. But no, I mean, the hockey playoff integrity needs to be protected, and I think it has. And look, I mean, it didn't end up having any impact on the series. We saw what happened. The Canes basically dominated and swept the Rangers right out of the playoffs. But he was just kind of going on and on and on about things that weren't fair against the Hurricanes, and I wasn't a big fan of that. But you know what? I don't think any of us are really going to care if Rod Brindamore somehow ends up becoming Ranger coach and has the type of success with the Rangers that he's had thus far with the Carolina Hurricanes. I think most of us are going to forget about all that pretty quickly. And I got to be honest, guys, I'm not all that interested in a lot of these retread coaching options. We've talked about a lot of them, but you know, guys like Bruce Boudreaux or Mike Babcock or John Tortorella, I don't have all that much interest in that. I think right now my top choice is still going to be Jared Gallant because I think he got a bad deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, he took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals. I cannot emphasize that enough. He also made the Florida Panthers relevant in his short time there, and he got a bad deal there too. So I think Jared Gallant has proven himself as a winner pretty much everywhere he's gone. I mean, I know that he didn't win in Columbus in his first coaching stint, but nobody wins in Columbus, not sustainably at least. And so I think he's still my top choice, but Rod Brindamore, I mean, he has established a heck of a resume for himself in a very short amount of time here. So I think Rod Brindamore might be number two on my list. And again, I remain very skeptical that he's going to leave the Carolina Hurricanes, but we'll see. I mean, I guess stranger things have happened. It's something that we'll obviously keep our eye on going forward here, but Rod Brindamore's contract is up, so it's definitely an offseason where anything can happen, and I'd be stunned if the Rangers didn't at least reach out to him, didn't at least uh, look to interview him, but again, it's a situation we'll continue to track going forward, and in just a second here, gonna talk about why I believe the Rangers, of all the teams with head coaching vacancies, do definitely seem to be like the most desirable landing spot for pretty much any head coaching candidate. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. 
Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so as far as why I think the Rangers are probably the most, not even probably, they are the most desirable landing spot for any head coaching candidate in the NHL. First of all, there's just kind of a lack of competition. There aren't nearly as many head coaching vacancies as you might expect or as many head coaching vacancies as I think there typically are at this point in, you know, a a calendar of a season. You've got the Rangers, you've got the Arizona Coyotes, you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you've got the Seattle Kraken, and that's it. There's only four head coaching vacancies around the league. Now, I suppose there could be other dominoes to fall at some point here, but I really don't see it. Uh, I don't think any of the teams left in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now would be firing their coach after the season ends. I just don't see that happening. And as far as teams that have already been eliminated for the, from the playoffs or teams that didn't make the playoffs at all, I would think if they were going to fire their coach, they probably would have done it by now. So, you know, we mentioned that Rod Brindamore's contract is up. So if he goes to the Rangers or anywhere else, uh, that could obviously open up a head coaching vacancy with the Carolina Hurricanes. But for the most part, I think this is pretty much it. I think you're looking at four head coaching vacancies. The Seattle Kraken, by the way, might want to get on uh, selecting a head coach, given that they basically have to build a team from scratch here. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. But, you know, as far as comparing the Rangers with, again, these other three head coaching vacancies, the Kraken, the Blue Jackets, the Coyotes, as far as prestige is concerned, I think it's a complete no contest. And I don't know how much these head coaches care about prestige and, you know, the spotlight of playing in New York. There might be some guys who want that. There might be some guys who don't want that. There might be some guys who, you know, look at a a team like the Coyotes or the Blue Jackets and they see it as a challenge to kind of turn this franchise around, put them on the map, and ultimately lead them to their first Stanley Cup championship. But I would think everything else being equal, and maybe I'm biased being a Ranger fan and obviously being the host of this podcast, I would think most of these coaches would 
want to be in the spotlight, would want to go to a franchise that has a passionate fan base, that has a rabid fan base, that has a lot of people who really care about this team, that has, you know, a lot of national coverage. I would think that would be the case overall. But beyond all of that, I mean, forget about, you know, the cities and everything and and the history of the franchises. Just look at the New York Ranger roster. I mean, it's packed to the brim with young talent. You've got Alexi Lafreniere, the first overall pick from this past year. You've got Capo Caco, the second overall pick from the year before that. You've got Artemi Panarin and our and Mika Zibanejad, who are bonafide superstars in this league. You've got uh, Chris Kreider, who's solid as a rock. He's been there for a long time. He's kind of the wise veteran. You've got a stellar young goaltender in Igor Shesterkin. You've got a phenomenal defenseman in Adam Fox. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I don't need to just sit here and list every player on the New York Ranger roster, but I think you guys get the point. And when you look at the rosters of the Arizona Coyotes and the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now granted, I don't know those franchises inside and out the way that I do with the Rangers. I'm sure that's probably true of a lot of you as well, but I don't, looking at those rosters, see you know, a, a super desirable landing spot. I don't see a wealth of talent. I don't see a phenomenal upside. And again, I don't know those teams as well as I know the Rangers, but for all those reasons I just listed, I got to believe that the Rangers have the most desirable landing spot and they're basically going to have their pick of the litter here. I mean, maybe there's some appeal uh, for head coaching candidates to maybe go coach the Seattle Kraken simply because obviously you're taking over an expansion team. You can go in there and do things your way. You're the first head coach in the history of that franchise. You can build the team that you want from scratch. So I, I could see there being some desire to go there if you're a head coaching candidate. But for my money, I mean, I think the Rangers are the place that you would, would want to be. And I think the only drawback would be the fact that apparently you're now going to have to deal with James Dolan. All of a sudden, he seems interested in the Rangers, and maybe you'll have to look over your shoulder a bit at James Dolan. You'd also be working with a first-year general manager and Chris Jury, although I don't really see that as a deterrent. I think uh, you know Jury, given the fact that he's new to the job, will be looking to work in lockstep with whoever the next head coach would be, especially since it's his pick. I mean, he's going to get to pick who the Ranger next head coach is going to be, so uh, I don't see that being a problem at all. So for all those reasons, I definitely do see the Rangers as the most desirable landing spot. That's something that's working in their favor, especially when you consider the lack of head coaching vacancies. And I mean, again, I'm not like trying to insult the Coyotes or the Blue Jackets or the Kraken, but there's not a lot of uh, great history there. And I realize, you know, the Rangers only have one Stanley Cup since 1940, but the Coyotes, Blue Jackets, and obviously the Kraken, since they haven't even played a game yet, none of those teams have any kind of proud history. I mean, the Blue Jackets have been out of the first round, I think, twice and that includes last year where they, they won in the qualifying round. So we'll give them that. The Coyotes have missed the playoffs far more often than they've made the playoffs. I believe they've only been out of the first round once in their entire history. So you tell me who you want to be the head coach of. I mean, I, to me, it, it's a no-brainer that it would be the Rangers. I can't speak for all these guys. Every candidate might be different. But yeah, I mean, what's not to like about being the new head coach of the New York Rangers if you're given the opportunity to do so? Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. And the other big thing that I wanted to do today was talk about Braden Schneider. He had just an absolutely tremendous season in the WHL with the Brandon Wheat Kings. And for that, he was named the WHL's Defenseman of the Year. Schneider scored five goals and had 22 assists in just 22 games with the Brandon Wheat Kings this season. He also served as the captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings. He was a plus 18. You know, plus minus, we've kind of debated the merits of that stat on this show before and also... Uh, Various other hockey analysts, various other hockey fans talk about it. Is it a good stat? Is it a bad stat? I think it's a flawed stat. But when you're a player that is nearly a plus one per game in that department, I think it's certainly noteworthy. I think it certainly says something that good things are happening when you're on the ice. And he also played two games with the Hartford Wolfpack prior to the 22 games with the Brandon Wheat Kings. He had an assist in those two games with the Wolfpack. The Rangers, of course, selected Brayden Schneider for anyone who needs a refresher with the number 19 overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. And he, of course, signed his entry-level deal in this past March. And Schneider is still just 19 years old, big, tough physical defenseman, six foot two, 202 pounds. By all accounts, he was a big-time favorite, probably still is, of John Davidson. And the Rangers of course, on draft night, traded up to make sure that they could get him. They traded up three spots to select Braden Schneider. Uh, the pick originally belonged to the Calgary Flames in exchange for the number 19 overall pick that the Rangers, of course, used to select Braden Schneider. The Rangers sent the number 22 overall pick and the number 72 overall pick back to the Calgary Flames, and they got their guy. And they might have prevented the Devils from drafting him instead because the Devils were next. The Rangers picked number 19. They took Schneider. Uh, the Devils were next. They were number 20. And they also took a defenseman, Shakir Mukhamadulin. And who's to say that the Devils wouldn't have nabbed Braden Schneider with that pick there if the Rangers had not traded up? I think the Rangers were certainly suspicious and wary of the fact that you know, their guy, the guy that they really coveted, might be going to a division rival if they didn't act. So they did act, and they moved up. And once again, they got their guy, Braden Schneider. And of course, John Davidson, Jeff Gorton, no longer with the Rangers, but uh, they really wanted him in last year's draft, especially John Davidson. And the question that's inevitably going to come up there is, well, okay, now Chris Jury, and obviously he was there last year. He was the assistant general manager, so certainly he had a voice in the room. But is he as high on Braden Schneider as John Davidson and Jeff Gorton seemingly were? If he is, great. Then he'll probably be in the fold with the Rangers for a long time. And I am pretty bullish on Braden Schneider. I think he's going to have a very nice... Uh, career for himself in the NHL. But if Chris Drury isn't necessarily as high on Braden Schneider, and I don't know this for sure one way or the other, but if he's not necessarily as high on Braden Schneider as JD and Jeff Gorton were, then maybe we could be looking at a situation where Braden Schneider becomes trade bait. Maybe you start to look to package Braden Schneider and some kind of a deal for, you know, maybe Jack Eichel. Again, I'm kind of lukewarm on the entire Jack Eichel thing, but 
if you're going to trade for him, you're going to have to pony up the dough a little bit. And somebody like Braden Schneider could be interesting to the Buffalo Sabres. He could be interesting to a lot of teams that the Rangers are looking to move Braden Schneider and bring in, you know, a ready-made forward, you know, maybe a center, whatever it might be. Uh, we'll see. There's a lot of different ways that it could go with Braden Schneider as far as his future for the Rangers. He could end up being a defenseman and a top four role for this team for the next decade plus, or he might not ever even see the ice for the New York Rangers. A lot of different ways that it could go, and we will obviously keep an eye on that. But it's interesting, too, because we saw Braden Schneider. This is another thing I love about him is it seems like he just basically jumps at the opportunity to play hockey. Uh, we saw him compete for Canada at the World Juniors prior to the start of this past NHL season. Uh, he did end up putting a questionable hit on a player from Germany and was suspended for it. But overall, he played very well in the tournament. And uh, Canada was undefeated until the gold medal game. They lost the United States, had to settle for the silver. But Schneider in that tournament in six games, scored a goal, dished out two assists, and was a plus eight overall. Again, in just six games. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, I guess it stands to reason, given that Canada had some really lopsided wins in that tournament, but still, it's very impressive. And then, of course, he competed for Canada in the World Championships uh, that just concluded this past weekend, skated in nine games, had one assist, and was a plus two overall in that tournament and helped Canada win the gold medal. So I just love the fact that he's getting some experience in these high-pressure high stakes games, these world competitions that, you know, so many people are so invested in. I think that can only bode well for his future. Again, he's just 19 years old and he's playing in a lot of uh, big time, high stakes hockey games. So I love that. I love the fact that he just seems to have a real passion for the sport of hockey. And I would love to see the Rangers. I don't want to see him traded. You know, I mean, who's to say what's going to happen in the NHL, but I do remember going into the draft this past year, there were people saying that he has about as safe of a floor as just about any player in the draft, that there is literally no reason to believe that this guy won't eventually, at the very least, settle into a top four role on an NHL team and just be a very solid player. And then, as far as his ceiling is concerned, I think the sky is the limit because we know he's a big, tough physical defenseman, and he can contribute offensively as well. So to me, that doesn't sound like the type of player that the Rangers should be trading. I mean, I suppose they do have a lot of uh, really good two-way defensemen, guys who are already there, like Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, guys who are getting there, like Keandre Miller, maybe Nils Lundqvist, maybe a couple of other guys, maybe Zach Jones as well. But uh, man, you know, I, I feel like the guy is the limit for Braden Schneider, and he also has a very safe floor. So he's somebody that I would like to see the Rangers hang on to and not use as trade bait. Obviously, only time is going to tell there. But uh, yeah, obviously, uh, very, very cool to see him get this award, the WHL Defenseman of the Year. And then the only thing that I wanted to do before we wrap up for the day then is to talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, uh, well, we know the one series is over. The Canadians swept the Winnipeg Jets, and another series just ended last night. An absolutely fantastic game. We already talked about it a little bit between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. The Lightning win two to nothing, and... They obviously move on to the semifinals. It was a much closer series than the 4-1 series score would indicate, but we've got game six between the Bruins and Islanders tonight. I've had a hard time watching any of the Eastern Division playoff series just because, like a lot of you guys, I'm not a very big fan of any of those teams, and it doesn't really make me feel good about having to root for one of those teams or the other, but it is a game six tonight. Maybe I'll check out a little bit. And then, of course, uh, the Avalanche and the Knights, uh, they played last night. Just an absolutely fantastic game as well. The Avalanche led 2 to nothing going into the third, but the Knights get two goals early in the third, and then they win early in the overtime period and now lead that series three games to two after trailing two games to nothing. So definitely going to be gut check time for the Avalanche, game six in Vegas. But one of the things that I wanted to point out 
is that, you know, when the playoffs started, I think a lot of us were all kind of trying to figure out a team to root for. I think I talked one or two of you guys into, uh, you know, rooting for the Minnesota Wild simply because of Matt Zuccarello and Cam Talbot. And overall, I think they just have a likable team. Uh, but they're obviously out of it now. And you look at the teams that are left. There are only six teams left. There aren't really a ton of former Rangers still playing. Obviously, you got Ryan McDonough for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but... I don't really think I'm going to be rooting for the Lightning all that hard going forward. I mean, maybe against one of the Eastern Division teams I would. But McDonough got his Stanley Cup last season. I don't need to see it again this year. I've mentioned that in the past. Beyond that, I mean, there's almost no former New York Rangers still involved in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. I mean, you've got Nick Holden. He's on the Vegas Golden Knights. He was with the Rangers for a couple of seasons. He was okay. Uh, he had one, at least one really shaky uh, playoff run with the New York Rangers, uh, but he he was fine, but I don't think that he's a player that a lot of Ranger fans have a big-time emotional connection to, and beyond that, I mean, Jesper Foss and Brady Shea were both eliminated along with the Carolina Hurricanes last night, and then the only other former Ranger that I can even find is John Moore. I mean, he's on the Bruins, but he only played five games for them this season and underwent hip surgery, and he's not going to be back for the rest of these playoffs, so yeah, it's slim pickings as far as uh, just rooting for former Rangers to win. Uh, but I think at this point, I'm just rooting for the Avalanche to win Game 6. That's been an absolutely phenomenal series, and I think it just needs to go to a, a Game 7. It just has to happen. It's just been too good of a series to have it any other way than going to a Game 7, preferably an overtime Game 7. Uh, but that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that we do have some breaking news at the end of this episode here. Adam Fox has indeed been named a Norris Trophy finalist, along with Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. So we're obviously going to be talking a lot more about that in the uh, future episodes here. I'll be doing some campaigning for Adam Fox and kind of stating my case as to why I believe he deserves to win the award. Uh, we'll have that to look forward to the rest of this week, but that's pretty much going to do it for today. Enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, we got Bruins and Islanders on tap for tonight. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.